over time, I started to see how phones were changing. My very first phone was a Motorola StarTac. I'll never forget it. It was a great phone. It was nice and thin. And uh, I was fascinated from the beginning of being able to connect with people uh, no matter where I was. It, it sounds so strange now to talk about that in 2017 because we pretty much communicate no matter where we are. Creating great technologies requires not just great programmers, software developers, and product designers, but people who help turn those devices, bots, websites, software, and apps into something people understand and can use. Our guest today on The Credentialed, Jonathan Steven, knows a thing or two about balancing back-end technology with what consumers see and interact with. He is one of many people who work in tech environments who aren't technologists, per se. But, as he puts it, he knows enough to be dangerous. Stephen is manager of e-commerce for Norwegian Cruise Lines, which operates in a sector of the travel industry that remains surprisingly old school, communicating with customers not just online or via their phones, but via travel agents. Yes, they still exist! We'll chat with him about his background in the mobile space, how he straddles technology and marketing, and why sometimes hanging out in airports is the best way to get close to travelers. Jonathan Stephen, welcome to The Credentialed. Thank you for having me. So, Jonathan, let's start out with where you're at today. You manage e-commerce at Norwegian Cruise Lines. I'd love to know about some destinations that Norwegian sales and how what you do helps people get there? Sure, that's a great question. So Norwegian Cruise Line is a global cruise line. So we have crews that sail through the Caribbean, the Eastern and Western Caribbean, South America, um, throughout the States. And uh, we even go into Europe and the Mediterranean, the Baltic, uh, over into Asia and even into Australia. So my role uh, is to really make sure that customers from every region are able to access our itineraries and, and they're able to see uh, what particular cruise would pique their interest depending on where they want to sail. We even have customers that live in the States that travel abroad and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So um, being that it is a global cruise line, uh, it's very exciting to see the variety of products that we offer to our customers and it changes uh, as we continue to expand to new destinations. And so just can you can you elaborate a little bit more on kind of you're, I mean, as the manager of e-commerce, are you usually dealing with what's happening on the website and how people are interacting with that or mobile or both? Yes, that's correct. Um, customers will come to ncl.com to do some discovery. They may not know where they want to travel. They may not know where they want to go. And so uh, my team's job is to make sure that we are positioning the content properly on the site so that they can find what they're looking for, get the right information about the cruise ship itself, perhaps the amenities on board or the activities that are associated with that specific cruise. And my team needs to make sure that that content is engaging, it's fun, and it inspires them to ultimately book. So you've taken a kind of a roundabout way, I think, to get into where you're at today, which is pretty, I think, pretty typical for a lot of people who've worked in the digital and mobile arenas because, you know, hey, they didn't exist <laughs> um, to very recently. So um, you started out doing your work in um, with Microsoft uh, networking servers, which is quite the departure, I think, from where you're at today in e-commerce. And you kind of moved into mobile. 
Um, I'd love to know how you got into mobile. Like, are you into gadgets? Like, what what piqued your interest there? I am. Uh, I am. I am actually a gadget person. I was very fascinated with mobile phones at an early age. Um, although I did start down the technical route of working in computers, I was very fascinated by it, but more fascinated about the work that was um, available at the time for people that were working on Microsoft servers. Uh, but over time, I started to see how phones were changing. My very first phone was a Motorola StarTac. I'll never forget it. It was a great phone. It was nice and thin. And uh, I was fascinated from the beginning of being able to connect with people uh, no matter where I was. It, it sounds so strange now to talk about that in 2017 because we pretty much communicate no matter where we are as opposed to waiting for your friends to be home to call them and for them to pick up their home phone. So I started off in uh, the IT world but then soon realized that that's not really what my passion was. I did love gadgets. Um, I moved into retail, actually, uh, and started mobile uh, selling cell phones. I used uh-huh. to sell for T-Mobile, AT&T, Sprint, Verizon. It was singular at the time as well. And uh, the retail aspect allowed me to see multiple different devices across the different carriers. And uh, it really got me excited about the devices that were coming out, the new capabilities that customers were able to use. It taught me a lot about how the carriers were positioning their products. Uh, We remember a time when we used to have free nights and weekends and we used to pay for our text messages and now we see how phone plans have evolved into this one flat rate. Um, Data wasn't even available at the time that I was selling phones. But uh, that piqued my interest uh, early on uh, to see how phones were evolving over time. So you had so much interesting uh, real-world interaction with how consumers are, you know, work, how they would interpret what's going on on the phone. And so you had that kind of like firsthand insight. So you you eventually ended up at JetBlue. And at JetBlue, you developed, was it their very first mobile app that you developed? Yes, that's correct. Uh, The first mobile app launched in early 2012. I had started JetBlue in 2011. Um, My original position was to come in and to Uh, define the mobile strategy for JetBlue. We had an existing mobile website that needed to be redesigned, uh, but the thought behind doing that wasn't just to create it in a silo, but it was to think about how the digital landscape for JetBlue was changing. So we were undergoing a digital refresh, a complete redesign of the website, uh, the mobile website, and the introduction of the mobile app. So it was very important to collaborate with the other teams in terms of the features and functionalities the mobile app would offer and how we would marry up against the other channels as well. Hmm. So... I'd love to hear about what your thought process was in terms of figuring out what a mobile app looks like for an airline. I mean, this was one of the first ones, I imagine. Uh, what, what were you thinking about? Well, what's interesting is JetBlue wasn't the first to the space with a mobile app. In fact, Delta and American and a few others had come out with their mobile apps. Uh, and that set the momentum for what travel is like today, traveling with airlines and using mobile apps. Uh, But what we wanted to do was create something that was a little bit different. We wanted to bridge the gap of loyalty and digital and bring it together. We wanted to provide a utility to enhance the travel experience. And so we looked at every single touch point of the traveler when they're traveling. Uh, They call it the travel ribbon. So from the time that they're discovering where they want to go to traveling to the airport, sitting in the terminal, on board, and then when they get off, and then the full cycle all around. We wanted to look at those various different touch points and see what value the mobile app could bring at every one of those touch points. So it was important to not only get feedback um, internally 
to think about what products and services were currently available for customers, but it was also very important to talk to customers themselves and ask them, what is something you want to see in a mobile app? What's important to you? And that feedback is what really allowed us to craft uh, that mm. first version of the app. And so, you know, you told me earlier that um, one of your little research tactics was um, hanging out in the airport and talking to people, uh, you know, maybe just strike up, striking up a conversation about their interaction with the app? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, it was actually kind of fun. Uh, we... Uh, we love talking to our customers. I see we as if I'm still at JetBlue, but at the <laughs> time, uh, it, we love talking to uh, customers, getting their feedback, uh, because ultimately this is a product we were building for them. We weren't just building a product and putting it out there and hoping that people like it. Uh, so we were able to uh, pull together a group of folks to go to the airport, talk to customers, ask them what are some of the likes and dislikes of the first version of the app that came out. Um, and we received some very interesting results. Um, uh, customers had liked certain features. They had felt that other airlines had created uh, other features really well, and maybe perhaps we didn't. Uh, they had liked the overall design of the app. They thought that it was very on brand, which is something very important for JetBlue to make sure that all of their digital properties were on brand. Uh, but that feedback is really what helped us to continue to iterate on the app over time. And uh, customers were very open and willing to discuss with us. So it was very surprising to see how vocal customers would be. We'll return to our chat with Jonathan Steven, manager of e-commerce at Norwegian Cruise Lines, in just a moment. You're listening to The Credentialed, a podcast giving voice to people in tech and innovation who don't fit the tech exec stereotype. I'm Kate Kay, and I'm your host. Do you know someone who should be featured on The Credentialed? Are you someone who should be on? Let us know. Email me at kate at thecredentialed.com or tweet to us at The Cred Podcast. That's kate at thecredentialed.com or The Cred Podcast on Twitter. Now back to our chat with Jonathan Steven of Norwegian Cruise Lines on The Credentialed. I'd love to talk about, you know, things that happen in the world around us we have all of these uh, hurricanes that were happening very recently and other natural events that i imagine have a great impact on uh any cruise business and I, i'd love to hear about how you know if there's a hurricane in um the caribbean how does that affect what you have to do with the website well, first and foremost, as a company, we care very much about our customers, about those affected, and about our employees that are in those destinations. So we did whatever we could to make sure that we were supporting those. Um, obviously, running a business, uh, we wanted to make sure that we also had to adjust our itineraries to make sure that we weren't sending customers into areas that were deeply affected. Uh, so there's a lot of work around that area. Um, it was very interesting, again, working for a cruise line. It's a little bit different than an airline in the sense that we can simply suspend business or reroute business uh, as an airline to a, a safer airport. Uh, but when it comes to vacation travel uh, on a cruise, which is not as much of a commodity as flying, we want to be able to make sure we can con continue to deliver a really good experience uh, for our customers. And so there were some adjustments that had to be made and information that needed to be communicated through multiple channels. Me managing the website, we wanted to make sure that we were able to effectively communicate what if any changes were made to our itineraries and perhaps offer alternative itineraries that were close to the experience the customers wanted. 
but it's very sad about these natural disasters, and it's it's part of the nature of the business for us to be able to adjust. Uh, but we also feel that we have a great responsibility to support our customers and our crew members as well. You were involved in um, developing the tech that allowed people to text to donate towards the earthquake in Haiti. Yes, that's correct. Um, I had actually worked with the Mobile Marketing Association, uh, which was a nonprofit trade association geared towards teaching brands and agencies how to use mobile technologies. And one of our members uh, of the association was the one that was able to launch a campaign and use this technology to raise funds. Uh, but the MMA's role was really making sure that we were protecting the consumer's interests through our um, uh, through our various different committees and programs that created guidelines and standards. So uh, as you look at all those text messages down to today, you still see uh, the call to actions that say standard messaging charges may apply. And that was simply because at the time, this was new, engaging with customers through text messaging and collecting funds or donations or making transactions through text messaging. And so we wanted to make sure that as these groups go out and do the greater good, such as raising funds for Haiti or simply selling ringtones, or sending healthcare information, that there was always some standardized way of communicating with customers and following set guidelines to make sure that they were protecting consumer interests, but also allowing the industry to grow. And we could see so much has changed in messaging over time that uh, uh, brands now use messaging as almost a primary channel for communicating with their customers. So it was very exciting back then to see custom, uh, to see companies uh, use that technology to tap into customers to easily make donations. Uh, I was very happy to be part of the association where we were able to showcase that company as well as uh, teach other companies how to leverage the technology, and it's great to see how that's changed so much over time. And so my understanding is that you have, um, you're, you're part Haitian by heritage. Uh, did that give you any insight into, or how, I don't know, how did that um, impact your thinking around this project? Well, you know, my family, my parents uh, were born in Haiti, and they moved to the United States in 1960, uh, the mid-60s, and uh, we still had some family there, and they were affected, and so it was a project that uh, was near and dear to my heart, um, making sure that we can support the friends that were there. Uh, but it's it's very sad to see what had happened there, but it's also great to see the relief efforts and the contributions that have been made to rebuild the community there. Um, in fact, I still have uh, some family there doing some missionary work uh, supporting the community there. So uh, from time to time, I do hear periodic updates of what happens in Haiti, and I, I look forward to visiting there one day as well. Uh, so I want to get back to your roundabout uh, you know, career because you've 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 kind of um, worked in in all these different interesting sectors, and I'd love to hear about th- how you've approached those transitions. Do w- is there anything that helped you advance and get noticed? Um, you know, I think one of the things that I've always tried to make sure that I do is uh, work on projects that were very close to the customer. Uh, and, and that's where you'd see the biggest impact. I love creating experiences for customers that allows them to see the brand in a different light, that allows them to engage and build a relationship with the brand. And so I've always gravitated towards roles of where I can be very close to the customer and the experience. And I felt that being in the digital space um, and seeing where the world is going with customers more and more interacting with each other and with the brands through digital, that this would be the right place for it. 
And my career has had twists and turns. Um, there's been some really great decisions that have led me down a path of where I've been able to de- develop my career. And then there's been other decisions where uh, it didn't necessarily work out so well, but that's where uh, my attitude and my work ethic uh, really allowed me to bounce back. Uh, and this is the case with anyone's career. Sometimes we make really great decisions, and sometimes we don't make such good decisions. But uh, what we can't do is sit around. We have to take action and think about what would be best for us and for our family and continue moving forward. So is is taking action, is that how you would describe your work ethic? Or maybe you want to elaborate on that a little bit. Um, I don't like to sit idle. In fact, uh, there have been times when uh, if I wasn't, if I had left a certain position and I wasn't working, um, I would get a bit antsy because I needed to find my next role. Uh, I've been very fortunate to say in my career that I haven't always had jobs. I've had careers. And the difference that I see is a job is something you go to or you earn an income, and it's not your main focus or passion. But I've been very fortunate and thankful that I've been able to do uh, the type of work that I get up in the morning and really enjoy doing, and I also get paid for it. And so because of that, that's what's motivated me to build my network, to meet the right folks. And uh, one of the biggest contributors to my career has been the network that I've built. And so that uh, if I need to help someone to connect with a certain contact, I'm able to do that. And if I need to be able to get into a certain company or if I need to seek a certain opportunity, uh, I've built this really great network where I'm able to tap into these folks and see what I can do to help them. Um, And I think that's part of my personality that I love to make friends and I, I love to uh, gravitate towards people that uh, have the same attitude as me, that same outlook uh, that they can always make something out of nothing. Ah, it's all about making connections and I guess uh, making lemonade from lemons sometimes. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Oh, well, thank you so much for chatting today on The Credential, Jonathan. It was great having you. Thank you for having me. It was a great honor. Again, thanks to Jonathan Steven, manager of e-commerce at Norwegian Cruise Lines, for chatting today on The Credentialed. Do you know someone who doesn't fit the technology executive stereotype who should be featured on The Credentialed? Are you someone who should be on? Let us know. Email me at kate at thecredentialed.com or tweet to us at the Cred Podcast. That's kate at thecredentialed.com or The Cred Podcast on Twitter. And thanks for listening to The Credentialed.